welcome to an episode of Conversation with King. This is going to be episode three. Um, this episode, I wanted to get into a few topics. Um, one thing I wanted to get into was, you know, kind of shining a light on some of the things that help me see things the way I see things and become the person I became because, and another thing that I want to get into is a lot of times when you grow up around people, um, whether, whether it's just going to school with people or hanging around people, sometimes people, you know, they spend a lot of time around you to the point that they think they know you and really not even know you. And, and sometimes that can lead people to thinking, you know, you you can be thinking this person, your friend and, and then come to find out that people really ain't your friends. And so there's really the two topics that I really want to touch on today. Um, because I think one of the things that motivated me to do this was because like I say, I, um, I've had people around me that's been around me for years and, you know, they want to take shots at me through social media. One thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to use social media to uh, take personal shots at people. Um, that's one thing I try to stay away from. And because it's like, for me, that's, that's like, that's, that's childish to me. Like if we can't sit down and have a conversation about what we having a conversation about without taking personal shots with each other, like at the end of the day, I'd rather not be around, be around that person because at the end of the day, you probably wouldn't add no value to my life anyway. You probably wouldn't help me accomplish nothing anyway. So at the end of the day, it's easy just to cut you off. And uh, so that's what really motivated me to do this. And, you know, so, you know, when I go back to my childhood life, like a lot of things I don't, I don't remember because I, I done suppress so much stuff, try to forget so much stuff. And um, so a lot of things I can only speak about is the things that I really held on to growing up and advice-wise, experience-wise. And for me, it all really started when I was young. You know, I fell in love with baseball. Um, that was the first thing that I actually really cared about was baseball. I, I played baseball, and um, I played in the era where, like I say, it was predominantly white. You know, I was my team. I was the only black guy on my team. All those guys I was, you know, I played baseball with. I think we was five, six years old, seven. And, you know, I'm still friends with those guys today. Even with racism being at an all-time high, you know, we can have conversations. We can talk to each other. We ain't never name-called each other. We ain't never, we ain't never said nothing. We ain't never try to bash each other's character. We ain't never tried to take shots at each other's personal life. We, we ain't never tried to make one person feel like, oh, I'm better than you. We ain't never did none of that. We can 
We can have conversations. We can disagree. And we can continue to be friends. But it's like the people that I grew up around every day that look like me, we can't have a conversation. We can't disagree. We can't see things differently. You know, if we disagree, we can't be friends. Like, how are we supposed to grow? How are we supposed to fix anything? Like, if that's the way you do, if if, if you operate with people that you look at every day, people that you know on a personal level, people that you grew up with all your life, if you look at this person and say, well, me and you disagree, we can't be friends. If that's the way you're going to do somebody that you know every day in life, explain to me how can we fix problems with somebody from the opposite side. See, that's the reason why we can't fix problems is because we can't have conversations. You know, the moment we start having conversations and you may disagree, then we can't be friends. Or if they from the opposite side, oh, they got to be racist. So that, that that's one of the things that I want people to try to get away from and get back to having conversations. Because conversations and disagreements is how you fix problems, is how you come up with solutions. You know, and even back when I talked to a lot of my, you know, I had two grandmas growing up, one passed on, rest in peace to her. And both of them, I don't think ever really had a conversation with each other as far as sitting down, talking to each other every day. So when I would get advice from them, I, I kind of knew it had to be the truth because I'm getting this advice from two different people. Then, like I say, they probably never really had personal conversations with each other. So when I would always ask them about how it was back in their era, you know, they never really ever told me any of the negative negative stories. Um, I think my grandma, the only thing that my grandma ever said negative is sometimes she would uh, make jokes about, you know, sometimes she would be walking downtown and, a school bus would ride by and some of the white kids would say, you know, call her ain't your mama, the, you know, the lady on the uh, the pancake shirt bottle, you know, and stuff like that. But, you know, she said it out of, you know, making jokes about it, laughing about it. But she never really went in details about any of the negative stuff. So, and I'm thinking like, you know, so I've always asked her like, why, why you don't never, you know, speak about some of the bad things? And the major advice that she always gave was there's no point in instilling that stuff into you because, you know, if I instill hatred into you, then when you grow up and try to become who you're trying to become, you may not build the bridges with the people that you need to build the bridges with based on that anger and the older i got the more i started realizing you know or the more i started being thankful for that advice because i have been able to build bridges you know outside of people that look like me and you know and i don't carry that 
I don't carry that hatred around. I don't carry that emotion around. Um, so when situations happen, I try to I try to look at the situation from right and wrong standpoint because I've always looked at like if both of my grandmas can could grow up and go through the era that we talking about and not be bitter, not be mad, not be angry. Then, then why should I carry that anger around? And I didn't go through it. I've never experienced racism. I've never been a victim of racism. So why should I carry all that around if I've never been through it? And then I'm sitting here watching people live their life to actually live through it. And they not carrying that stuff around with them. So that's what I wanted to kind of share with people. And because even with my mama and daddy, you know, splitting up at a young age, um, I think I was eight years old when they split up, when they divorced. Uh, it kind of gave me the best of both worlds because I've met uh, new people. Um, I got two sisters on, you know, on my daddy's side, outside of my mama's daughter. So even with um, the, the women he chose to have those, his kids by, it gave me, it, you know, it gave me people to be around to a, a basically an extended family. You know, I think a lot of times you know, people look at step-parents as a bad thing. You know, sometimes step-parents ain't always a bad thing. It's just that sometimes you can you can choose bad step-parents just like you can choose bad biological parents. You know, biological parents and step-parents, you know, biological parents don't always mean that they're good people and step-parents don't always mean they're bad people. You know, it just all depends on who you choose. And the one thing I can say that, you know, my step-parents, uh, I, I love all of them the same. Uh, they wonderful people. Uh, my my sisters, I love my all my sisters the same. So it gave me an opportunity to have an extended family, you know. And that's the one thing that um, I think people should, uh, take more pride into is um, even if a situation don't work between you and the person that you had that child by you know take the time to choose the right step parents because if you choose the right step parents and you and the biological parent can co-parent you know it can be it can be uh, a good situation because sometimes them step parents can show the kids something that the biological parents might not be thinking about, and it only helps the child. So I think a lot of times, you know, we need to remove that stigma of step parents, especially when they're doing right. If if they're doing right, now I ain't saying that all step parents is good. Just like I'm not saying all biological parents is good. But if, if they doing right, you know, and try not to dismiss that situation based on 
emotions or, or, or personal feelings. And um, because, like I say, it all can benefit the child. And at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. And the one, one thing, you know, my mom always told me that I actually applied to life is, and 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 I kind of, and I kind of also look at that in the situation that we're in today is she always told me and my brothers and sisters, you know, whatever issues y'all have between each other, don't let the world see it. Because when the world see it, and the world feel like y'all not operating as one or the world see that y'all turn each other down, they gonna tear you down too. You know, if the world see y'all out here fussing and fighting all the time, they gonna come and think they can come over here fussing and fighting with you. And I've actually applied it to my life from the standpoint of, you know, we always in the black community we, you know, I, I always see so many of us always downplaying black on black issues like it ain't a problem. But yet we have so many black people that's affected by black on black issues that has never been through racism, you know. And then we have so many people from the outside looking in, looking at us like, where y'all can't even get along, y'all can't even work together, y'all can't even, y'all can't operate around each other without killing each other. Like we got all these people from the outside looking in, looking at us, destroy each other. What make you think they won't destroy us? You know, if if we can't sit here and do right by each other, what make you think somebody else gonna do right by? So that's one thing that piece of advice my mama gave me that I've actually applied to my everyday life is, um, I try to I try to treat people the way I want to be treated, and I try to treat people the way I try to treat my community the way that I want people from the outside of my community to treat us. You know, I'm not going to go around, you know, doing things to people and then and then or then be mad because somebody from the outside of our community do it and then I'm going to be mad at them, but I'm doing the same thing. Now, I, I don't carry myself like that. And, you know, even down to parenting, you know, I've, I've always looked at my mama and, you know, she's, She's always uh, put her kids first. She's never uh, did for herself. And she always do for us before she do for herself. She'll go with that before we go with that. And that's the one thing I try to uh, do for my kids is um, I've always looked at my life as the moment that I had my son as my life was over. Like, I, it's not about me no more. You know, I see so many people talking about I need me time. I need me time. <laughs> I don't think my mama ever had no me time. And that's how I look at it. You know, that's how I look at my kids. If I ain't at work, I'm with them. And uh, a lot of people always laugh and joke. And I always say, oh, here come Jesus. Because that's how my kids look at me. You know, 
They 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 think I'm Jesus when I walk in the room. But that's one of the things that that my mama has always instilled into me. Um, even after uh, my mama did split up, uh, my uncle, my uncle Gary he gave me uh, some advice that I held on to. I think I was probably 10, 11 years old, and uh, he told me. He told me. He said, "Well, you know, you and your brother, y'all the man of the house now." And so, I've always held on to that piece of advice because as I got older, when I got about thirteen years old, I started figuring out well. Maybe if I can figure out a way to come up with some income, uh, if it ain't number, buy my school shoes or buy my school clothes so my mama could focus on my little brother and sister's school clothes, maybe that would help her out. So that's what I started doing. You know, started walking around, picking up empty cans. Uh, one of my neighbors, um, Mr. Joe Snipes, rest in peace to him. Uh, he was in the business of uh, recycling stuff, so he would he would pay me. Uh, I, I, I think he was paying me half the price of what the recycling company would charge him was paying him. So basically, he would pay me half of whatever they was paying. He would pay me half of that, and then he would go cash it in with his stuff and get. That's how he would earn his money, you know. And and see, for me, I I was never jealous of that, like. I was never jealous at the fact that he was paying me less than what the recycling people was paying me. I, 13 years old, I didn't have no pickup truck to carry that stuff to, you know. So I was never jealous of people making money off of me. And I think that's what I think that's what's wrong with a lot of people today, is I think so many people are getting hung up on uh, looking at other people as oh they getting over on me or they. Not necessarily, you know, people ain't all, it's not called always getting over. It's just a part of life. You know, somebody going to always get over on you. Somebody, somebody going to always, you know, capitalize off of you. There's no way you can change that. Like, that's how life works. You know, life is like steps. You know, you may be the first step. Somebody else may be the second step. Somebody else may be the third step and so on and so on. And and that's how that's how I looked at it. Like, even though he's making money off me, I'm making money too. So it's like we going hand in hand, you know. So I just looked at everything as a learning experience, or you know, or, or looked at it as you know, it's benefiting me just as well as it's benefiting him. And I think a lot of times too that will help us out in life if we actually start looking at it from that standpoint, you know, and even down to, you know, my daddy, you know, we always had conversations and, um, throughout life. And one of the biggest conversations that we ever had, you know, cause it was about politics. And the reason why I say it was a big conversation because that conversation it kind of made me start seeing things the way I see things when it comes to politics because, you know, politics is one of the biggest things that's uh, 
making friends become enemies. You know, politics is one of the biggest things that uh, people that I grew up with, I hear them, I see them so much on social media say, oh, I forgot where I came from. But they don't realize that, you know, I look, I look at politics differently than them. And one of the conversations me and my daddy had, I think it was, um, I think we was, I think Obama was going into his second term. And up until that point, I was listed as a Democrat and I was voting Democrats, not, not really educating myself about why I was voting Democrat. It was just the fact that, you know, people always told me I was black. I was supposed to be Democrat. Same way with religion. Oh, you're supposed to be a Christian. You know, anything outside of being a Christian is wrong. Like, so that's, that's, I think a lot of times that's what people do is people tend to do things based on how they was raised and what somebody else told them, not based on what they actually know they sell. And so me, when me and him had that conversation, you know, at that time, like I say, I wasn't researching politics, didn't really know much about politics. And actually, I'm still learning about politics. Uh, things that I was supposed to learn in school, I didn't. You know, I took school for granted because well, I'm not going to say I took it for granted. But um, just growing up financially frustrated, you know, I didn't focus on school. I, you know, I started started working legally at 15 years old. So I was more focused on how to earn money than actually getting an education. And so, you know, when me and him had that conversation at that point in time in my life, you know, all anything that was going on in my life work-wise, you know, from jobs leaving and um, all the all my jobs shutting down and uh, the country going through a recession, you know, I was blaming it on the Republican Party, not really researching nothing, not really looking into nothing. And I think a lot of times that's the mistake people make is when people, you know, whoever you vote for, like you tend you tend not to uh, look into the mistakes they made. You know, you tend to always want to blame the other side for all the problems, and that, and you never want to blame the side that you voted for. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes people make in politics, and that's one of the things that opened my eyes and made me realize. You know, when he when he challenged me, you know, he didn't argue with me. He didn't try to persuade me to uh, be Republican or, or or whatever. But one the biggest argument we had was I'm trying to figure out, like, hold on, this man black. I know he ain't rich. So how he Republican? And th that was my mindset the same way people be coming at me the same way. You know, how you black and you talking about these, you know, talking about the Republican Party. So the one thing he always said to me was, look, just just go just go research. He said, because everything that happens when it comes to politics is just like court records. It's it's public records. You can go look this stuff up. And and that's the one thing he always told me. Just go look this stuff up. We ain't got to argue about it. So that's when I dove deep in, that's when I started diving into it and and then I'm, you know, found out about you know, Bill Clinton signing the overseas trade deal that took a lot of the factory jobs away that I was working in. Um, 
You know, a lot of the jobs that we had in my hometown, all those jobs went overseas. And, you know, I'm thinking they just closed down and went out of business. But a lot of those jobs went overseas. So it's like, well, damn, the same people I'm voting for, the same people took my damn job away. And then I'm mad at the other party because I was uneducated, dumb to politics, didn't understand politics. And so um, at the end of the day, you know, I realized that the people that I voted for were the people that sent my jobs away. They made it easy for my job to leave and go overseas. And and then just like when everybody want to talk about, oh, well, Obama, he inherited this recession. He inherited this recession. You know, the country was in a recession when he took over. And then I'm thinking, well, Bill Clinton's deal that he did with the banks, you know, letting all these people get these houses on these floating interest rate loans. And then you giving all these people houses. I mean, all, you letting all these people get houses based on floating interest rate loans. Then you took their jobs away. So how how can you take their jobs away knowing that their house payment is going to increase every every five years or whatever that floating interest rate loan was was uh, negotiated at five years, six years, whatever the case may be. So every five years your payment going to go up, but yet they take your job away. Now you working for less money. So how do how can you afford to pay this high payment every five years? Your payment gonna go up, but but now you gotta work for less money. So now when everybody lose their house, that hurts the economy. That hurts the market. So it's it, it for you know temporarily it made the economy look like it was going good, but then when all of it crashed, it's like now you got to go through this recession to get back on track. So we 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 want to blame, you know, the Republicans, but we don't want to blame the Democrats for their part. So, like I say, that was one of the conversations that one of the biggest impacts in my life was having that conversation with my daddy about politics and him opening my eyes to actually researching things and looking stuff up, looking up these executive orders, looking up, you know, what president signed what, you know, and and that's kind of how I kind of pieced together some of the things that that I pieced together, and um, even down to even down to you know my last point that I'm gonna make tonight was even down to when I look at like when people criticize me for you know looking at Donald you know voting for Donald Trump or whatever the case may be, but at the end of the day when you look at politics, you can't always just. Uh, judge somebody on their personality or judge somebody based on what's, what what they may say, you know, or just because you may not like what they say or how they say things. Sometimes you have to actually go look at their policies and and ask yourself, do, do their policies work for you? Is, is, is they doing something for you? If their policies work for you, that's all you can do. You know, you can't, you can't sit around and worry about everything you can't sit around and act like well i got to agree with everything this this person do before i vote for them because you're not going to agree with everything that somebody do. you're not going to agree with everything about somebody just like i'm pretty sure you got friends around you that you don't agree with everything they do so th- that's really the 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 moral of my story is um the things that I went through in life may not be the things that you went through in life. So 
the things, the reason why I see things the way I see things is because of the things I've went through, you know? So, but that don't mean that we can't disagree and still be friends. That don't mean that we can, you know, that don't mean that we can't come together and, and, and figure out how to fix things, you know? So that's the kind of thing that I want to touch on because I just felt like so many people was wanting to speak on my life without knowing my life or trying to tell me I forgot where I came from when at the end of the day, I am who I am because of where I came from. You know, so you just might not have knew that. So that's that's the one thing I want people to stop doing is feeling like, you know, just because we grew up together, that means you know me because you don't. Because you, it ain't one story that you can tell about my life because it's nothing about my life that you that nobody actually knows about. I mean, my mama been around me all my life, and there's a lot of things she don't know about my life. So, just because I see you every once in a while, and we grew and we grew up together, that don't necessarily mean you knew me or know me. And and that's the one thing that I want to clear up with people is, um, the person I am today is solely based on the things I've been through, and.